Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Today we're going to come back to the series called Gospel-Centered Life. For those of you who are new to our church, every year we go through our six core values of our church, and we just go through it uh, throughout the whole year, and we kind of set that as our theme for our church. This year, we have been going through the value called gospel-centered life. We believe that we're a gospel-centered church where people who are sick, broken, hurt, are embraced to come to church and worship God together as one. So as Rooftop Church members, we want to live and represent Jesus in our lives by living gospel-centered life and impact the world. Then what is gospel? I mean, if we want to live a gospel-centered life, we have to understand what the gospel is. Gospel is simply a good news that was proclaimed on New Testament in the Bible for those who are sick, broken, hurt, and sinful people like you and I. And Jesus came down to redeem us Uh, by the love of God through his own blood. And whoever believes in this truth, we can be saved and experience eternal life. This is the gospel. So last couple weeks, our pastors, Pastor Scott and Pastor Roland, has been sharing what it means to live a gospel-centered life. Today, we're going to look at one of the most popular parables in the Bible. I Googled it. I was like, Google what is the most popular parable in the Bible. And it showed up as prodigal son. You guys may have heard of this word prodigal son, right? I mean, if you have been going to church for the longest time, you've probably heard it multiple times from your youth group, your, your college, your elementary school ministry, CM, whatever that you are part of. You probably heard this parable, prodigal son. And even if you're not, um, even if you did not grow up in the church or even if you're a new believer, you probably heard this term prodigal son. It is that popular. And today we're going to talk about this prodigal son and see how we can live a gospel-centered life. Let me just quickly um, share what the uh, prodigal son is or like the, how the story goes. There was a wealthy man and he had two sons. One day, the younger son came to the father and said, Father, give me my portion and just Give it to me so that I can use it however I want. This basically means, Dad, you're going to die anyway, so why don't you just give me what is mine? I mean, what a rude son, right? I have a a little human in our house as well. I have a five-month-old son, Josiah. And I just imagine this scene. What if Josiah grew up and told me, Dad, you're going to die anyway, so just give me what is mine. Man, I would have smacked out of him, you know. I mean, everyone would, right? We have a lot of parents right here. And what if your child comes to you and say, Mom or Dad, you're going to die anyway, so give me what is mine. You would do the same thing that I would do, right? But this is Bible. It doesn't go that way. The father graciously give what the son asked for. Then the younger son gathered everything. He cashed out, and he left his house. He used his money recklessly, and he spent it all. And later, he ended up getting the worst job because he didn't have any money to make his living. He started to feeding the pigs. 
Not only that he fed the pigs, but he also had to eat what the pigs were eating, what he was feeding to the pigs, because no one would help him. I'm sure he had a bad character looking at that story. So later he realizes that, man, my life sucks. And I feel like my servant lives a better, my father's servant lives a better life at my old home. So he makes a decision to go back to his home. But he makes a decision as to go back as a slave, servant, not as a son, because he knew what he did wrong to his father. So as he was coming back home, the father saw him from far away, as if he was waiting for this younger son. So from far away, he ran off. The father ran off to the younger son, and he gave him a hug. Man, imagine this younger son's appearance. He probably smelled really bad. He probably had dirt on his face and his body because he was working for the pigs, right? But father still ran off, gave him a hug, and he kissed him, and he told his servants, bring the best robe that we have. Bring the ring so that we could put a ring on his finger. And kill the cow, kill the most fattened cow so that we could throw a party. This was not the younger son's expectation. Younger son's expectation was to become a slave of his father. But father reacted differently, and he welcomed his younger son as child his own son it is a beautiful story where father shows this unimaginable love and mercy to this undeserving prodigal son this also shows god's love as well towards us like sinner to broken people to hurt people the father's love resembles god's love to us if anything this is the gospel right where God shows love towards broken, hurt, and sinful people like you and me. However, today, however, today we're not going to focus on this younger son. We're not going to unpack this younger son, but we are going to talk about this older son. So the second half of this parable, we see the reaction of this older son. If you have your Bible with me, uh, please open up with me to Luke chapter 15. Um, verse 25 through 32. If you have your phone, open up your phone. If you don't have, we have it on the screen. Let me just read for us. Now, his older, bro- older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said, your brother has came, and your father has killed the cat- fattened calf. Because he has received him back safe and sound. But he, the older son, was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, I love right here, when this son of yours not my brother, but son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him. And he said to him, the father said to him, son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he was found. Amen.
the older son was coming back from work. And as he was coming back from work, he saw a great music, and he saw people dancing, and he saw that there was a party going on in his house. So his, the older son asked his servant, hey, what is that for? Why are they having party? How come I'm not invited? I'm sure this older son has some FOMO issue, right? Like all the family had a great parties and he didn't know anything about it. So he felt kind of questioned. I was like, what is going on? And the servant answered, oh, your brother came back. So your, your dad is throwing a party for his return. When he heard that there was a party for his brother's return, he got angry because he actually knew what kind of life his brother was living out in the town. He knew, what, he knew that his brother lived a reckless life, spending all that money that he cashed out from his dad's property. He knew that his brother lived a dishonoring life towards his father, so the older son did not return home. He was angry. He was upset. He was so bitter. He was so salty towards his family of having a party for his younger brother. Because all these mixed emotion, the older son just could not enter into the door of his house and join the party. So the father came out. So the father found out that the older son did not join the party. So father came out to, from the house. Just like how father came out for the younger son, father came out for the older son as well. But as father came out to the older son, the older son only complained of how he has been working for his entire life. But there was not a single reward for him. The fact that his father came out to convince him to this ridiculous party, party for his brother's return, the older son just could not handle it. And I was thinking about it. Why was this older son, older son so angry? So I looked at it from the older son's perspective, and I was able to relate it with him. He knew exactly what kind of his brother lived. He knew exactly how he spent the money. He knew that he was not happy for his brother as well. He just did not happy the fact that his younger brother came and father is willing to take him in after knowing all the brother, all the things that his brother did for his father. To his father. Not only that, do you know what is affected from younger son's return? The inheritance. The father already divided up the inheritance and gave it to the younger brother when the younger, son, younger brother asked for it. Now that because younger son has returned, knowing the characteristics and personality of his father. I mean, you guys have to remember this. The as soon as the younger son returned, the father gave him the best robe, the rings, and he killed the most fattened cow in the house. The older brother thought that if my dad did this for this brother, that he probably would even break the leftover inheritance for him and give it to the younger son as well. So think about it. He's losing his own stuff because of this stupid younger brother's return. Of course, this is worth getting angry if you were to look at it from 
old son's perspective. Of course. But what the older son was thinking wasn't the truth, right? We read it in the verse 31. Father said, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours as well. The father reminds the older son that his heart never left for him. That his heart was always there for the older son. Son, there was never a time that I left you. Son, there was never a time I forgot about you. Son, all that I have right now is also yours as well. But because the older son was so angry, because the older son had so hard time processing the statement that the father never forget about him. The son just could not able to take it. The son was not able to celebrate with the father. The son was not able to go back, his, go back to the house and join this party. The son decided to ignore this truth, the truth which is father's love towards him. And he negated the love of father. He could not he could have recognized his father's love every day, yet he saw himself no different from his other servants. Dad, I work for you every day. He just considered himself as a slave of his father. The father's love was always there for the older son. But the choice to not see that love was this older son's. The older son was home. But he was never home. The older son was home, but he was not home. So why is it that the older son was not able to experience this love of the father? Why was it that he gets so distracted where he was home, but he was never home? Wait a minute. Also, do you think that you also live under God's love, yet you don't experience his love every day, just like how this older son. Let's take a look at older son's life and let's observe it together, shall we? The, first, the older son was distracted from looking at his father's love because he was living a busy life. He was preoccupied. At Jesus' time, the role of first son was very important and significant in the family. The firstborn is called to inherit the father's responsibility. So this older son was called to, um, called to manage all the family businesses and properties that his father built his entire life. And friends, you have to remember this. This father was a wealthy man. The Bible introduced him as a rich man. And of course, richer you are, the bigger the business richer you are, the bigger property that he has. So the older son had to take care of the big business and properties that his father built entire his life. When the younger brother returned home, the father was home. He was at home. Knowing that the older brother was not home at the time when the bro his brother returned, we can assume that the younger brother probably came back home around the work hour, like early afternoon. And his father was at home. This kind of shows us that this father probably had retired. 
his father probably just stayed home resting. That means all the works that he used to have went to older son's shoulder. So all the responsibilities, all the works that his father was doing, the older son was working for it. This dude was busy. Not only that, he was just managing the father's business. I'm sure he wanted to expand it as well. Knowing that the younger brother was gone, whatever that was left over, the older son knew that that was his when his father dies. So I'm sure he wanted to expand the business out as well. He wanted to probably expand the properties as well so that when his father dies, that he would receive all the things that he has built his entire life as well. He was investing for his future. But because he was so busy, he probably did not have this proper engagement and fellowship with the father. He probably had this relationship with the father, but because he had lack of this fellowship and, and um, in, engagement with his father, the relationship was really not there. His busy life kept him from knowing and, knowing and experiencing the love of his father. No, his life kept him from knowing and experience the love of his father that has been poured out to him for his entire life. Do you know who else is busy? Let's be real. Do you know who else is preoccupied? We are busy as well. We live such a busy life where we get distracted in our lives as well. We sometimes get distracted where we forget that we are Christian. We sometimes forget that there's a father's love, there's a God's love in our lives. Some of us work more than 40 hours a week. You know who you are. Some of us are so busy. This is me too. Some of us are so busy because we have little human growing in the family. Man, being a parent, I didn't know that, that my son would keep me busy all the time. But man, that dude keeps me busy all the time. Some of us, especially pastors, we get so busy prepping for church prepping for ministry, prepping for, you know, what we're going to do week after. Man, I'll be honest, two weeks ago, we were so busy planning the anniversary service. Pastor Scott, Pastor Roland, Casey, and I, we were just like researching everything. What can we get for the anniversary gift? How can we set up the table? We were so busy. But time to time, because we're busy, sometimes we forget the core reason why we serve God and we do ministry. We get distracted because we live such a busy life. We're so busy that even the gospel is around us, yet we fail to recognize that gospel and fail to live that gospel-centered life. Just like the older son, we live a busy life as well. Second reason why the older son was distracted from looking at the father's love is because he was jealous of his brother. He was jealous of his younger brother. Let's take a look at the conversation that the older brother, older son has with his father. He said, look, these, these many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a goat that I might celebrate with my friends. The older son started comparing to himself to his younger brother. The older brother thought that it was not fair deal for him. 
I mean, he lived his life trying to fulfill and honor his father's heart, right? He had all this responsibility, and he probably wanted to look good before his father's eyes as well. But every time he came back home, there was no reward for him. Every time he came back home, his family did not. I'm pretty sure they prepared a dinner, but they didn't go like, oh, son, welcome home. There was no party for him after the uh, hard work. He says, you didn't even give me a goat so that I could have a meal with my friend. But now he's coming back home from work, and he sees his younger brother returning and his dad throwing a party. Man, the older son thought that he was the perfect son the whole time, yet the reward went to the worst son, which is his brother. Just like how Cain was jealous in the Genesis, you know how Cain was jealous of his brother Abel because God took Abel's offering? Just like the jealousy, the older son was jealous of his younger brother as well. Sometimes we live a life where we compare ourselves to others as well and be jealous about it. I'm going to be real with you as well. As a pastor, I have been in a place where I was so jealous of many other pastors and believers even. I questioned God. God, that dude is a pastor? God, why are you answering that person's prayer? What about my prayer? God, how come that person has a greater testimony, but my testimony is, eh? God, I I have poured out everything to you. I gave you my talents. I poured out all my worship, praising you, playing guitar, singing, all the things that I did to you. But Lord, why am I so still stuck here? Because I was comparing myself to the other people. Because I was comparing myself to other pastors. I forgot that there was a grace and mercy that has been pouring out in my life. I was so busy just being jealous to other people that I forgot that God loves me. That God's love was always there for me. And sometimes you're like that too. You start to comparing yourself and you go into that deep, man, why is my life suck moment. And we forget that God's love is always there for us because we're in that doom mode of, man, my life sucks. But like the father said in this parable, his love was always there for you, right? However, this jealousiness blinded the older son, you and I, to look at his father's love wholly. Lastly, the older son was distracted from looking at his father's love because the older son despised the fact that his brother returned home. The younger son brought dishonor to his father. Asking for inheritance before the father's death is the same thing as being rebellious before his father. Deuteronomy says this, that if the man is being stubborn and rebellious before the parents, the parents have right to bring that man to elders of the city and stone him to death. This younger son initially deserved to be stoned and die. Yet the father graciously gave him the portion of the inheritance. 
as the eldest son, as the firstborn, as the righteous one. Seeing his brother return and seeing his father accepting him again, this just made him angry. At the same time, the younger son received all that inheritance and belongings from his father without really working for it. Like I said, the older son, he always worked, 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 worked. I'm sure the younger son worked as well. But younger son was just able to just cash the money out. He's, he was just able to receive all that money. And he's, he was able to spend that money however he wanted. I was kind of thinking, wouldn't the older brother probably wanted that kind of life too? Older bro- brother probably wanted to, to spend the money and have an easy life as well. But he didn't get to do that. But seeing his younger brother doing that, that just made him angry. That just made him like, man, I don't like him. I hate him. Not only that, like I mentioned earlier, the inheritance, right? Inheritance probably would have been split for him as well. So this younger brother, this existence of younger son, the older brother just could not handle it. And just like the older son hated his brother, we all have that one person as well in our lives where we just can't love or have a hard time to love, right? When we think about the person, we sometimes forget that we are Christian and, and we have a hard time loving them and rather we pour out hatred towards that person as well. Jesus commanded us in John 13 to love one another just like how God has loved us. But God's love becomes absent once that person's face pops up in our head. Because the older son, we're back to the parables, because the older son was so angry, busy, jealous, and even anxious about losing what he gained so far, he was not able to experience of the love of his father. I mean, how sad is it that his, the older son was not able to celebrate his younger brother's return? I personally am an only child, so I don't know that bonding of siblings, but majority of you guys here have that, you know, you guys have siblings and you guys have kind of, you know, love and maybe hopefully it's not hate relationship, but that relationship with your brothers and sisters and your siblings. Wouldn't you be able to celebrate together with the father because you love your sibling as well? But because this brother was so twisted that even though he was called to follow the father straight, when the father was welcoming his younger son, the older son was not able to welcome just like his father because he was so twisted. He failed to live under father's love because of his twisted mind. He was never home. His home was never, his home was never his home. In fact, the younger son was not the lost one, but the older brother, the older son, was also the lost one as well. The truth is, the younger son is not the only prodigal son, but the older son is also the prodigal son. In fact, us too, because we live such a busy life, 
because we're so busy comparing ourselves to others and feel jealous. Because we have hard time loving people who do wrong to us, we sometimes forget that the love of our God exists in our lives. Truth is, the older son that Jesus is talking about in this parable is you. Truth is, the older son that Jesus is talking about is me. We all are the older brother that Jesus is talking about in this parable of prodigal son. Friends, let me, be, let me say this to you. We are home, but we are not home. We are home. We might think that we live under the presence of God, but because all this bitterness that we have, we just can't experience the presence of God in our daily lives. We have heard a story of Mary and Martha. Jesus visited Mary and Martha. Mary stayed with Jesus and heard all the Jesus' story. But Martha, Mary's sister, was busy cleaning and cooking for Jesus. She wanted to offer the best hospitality to Jesus. That day, Martha was a busy woman. Later, Martha came to Jesus saying, Jesus, why don't you tell my sister Mary to work? Martha was so annoyed, and she was, Martha was so annoyed that she was doing all the work, but Mary was just sitting down doing nothing. In fact, Martha was jealous of Mary, that Mary was being able to with Jesus the whole time. But Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will, be, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus basically told Martha, Martha, you are here, but you are not here. Martha, I'm in your house. You're in your house, but you're not in this house. Martha, I'm here for you, but you are not here for me, and you don't know that I'm here for you. Friends, Jesus is speaking to you today. Jesus is here for you, but you're not here for him. You are at a church. You're in this building, but you are not in this church. You're in Father's love, but you're not experiencing the Father's love every day. You are home, but you are not home. Man, I like this. You are home, but you are not home. Then how can we really know God's love and recenter our lives under this gospel, this Father's love? One, for those of you who are busy, there's a big button for you. Hit pause. Okay? For those of you who are busy, hit pause. Just drop everything for a second see what's around you. Stop running for a second and just be soaked into the presence of God. I'm not telling you to drop everything and just go to the mission field. I'm not just telling you to take a PTO for a week and go out to the market and evangelize. I'm not asking you to sell everything you have and give it to the, give it to the church. I'm just simply asking you to stop for a second, maybe for a minute, Maybe for a five minute. If you have time, maybe for 30 minutes. Just pause. Just pause and just look around you. And just imagine, man, 
and just think to yourself, man, God really loves me. All that I have right now is because God's grace and God's love in our lives. And question yourself, then where am I? Am I living a gospel-centered life? Am I living a life under God's love? Where is Jesus in my business? Just hit pause. Two, stop comparing yourself to others. Okay? Stop comparing yourself to others. Comparing yourself will only lead you to the jealousy. A couple days ago, this is an interesting fact. A couple days ago, I heard this sermon from Tim Keller. Um, he was a great pastor. He passed away a couple months ago. Um, but I heard, and he said, majority of the people feel satisfaction and feel achievement by comparing themselves to others. A lot of people experience achievement and, and satisfaction by comparing themselves to others. For example, I have a better job than this person. Man, I'm successful. I have a better car than this person. Man, I'm successful. Man, I have better food than this person. I'm successful. People are so easy to find satisfaction by comparing themselves to the others. But vice versa, your sadness comes from by comparing yourselves to, other, yourselves to others well. Man, that person has a bigger house than I. Man, I'm not successful. Man, that person has better car than I. I'm not successful. Man, I wasn't able to eat a good meal that my friend posted on Instagram. Man, I'm poor. It's so funny how it is so easy for us to find satisfaction. At the same time, it is easy for us to find sadness in our lives by comparing others. But what about this? God gave me this house. I'm satisfied. God gave me this car. I'm satisfied. God gave me this food. God gave me this job. God gave me this achievement. I'm satisfied by God then we don't have to be jealous as well because all the things that I did was from God and, and I don't just have to worry about it because all I know is that all the things that I receive is from God. Peter asked Jesus later after Jesus resurrected, this is a scene in the book of John at the very end when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me three times? It's like scene right after. Peter asked Jesus, how is that person's life going to be? Jesus, what kind of relationship are you going to have with that person? Jesus simply answered Peter, why does that matter to you? Just follow me. Jesus teaches us that your relationship with God is your relationship with God. Not your friends, not your spouses, not your family members, not the people who are sitting next to you. Your relationship, God, is yours, not others. So we have to understand that as long as I remember that I have this, this relationship with God and this is my relationship with God, then we live under the Father's law. So don't mind others. Just focus on yours. Lastly, just enjoy home. Just enjoy home. When you go home, do you ever think, oh, there's a couch. Since it's a couch, I shouldn't lay on it. Or do you ever go, oh, I'm home. I got to take off my sock. 
I gotta take off the sock in this way and I have to drop it on my laundry box. Do you ever think that way? I'll be honest, my wife hates me about this, but when I go to bed, when I go home, with the outside clothes on, I see my bed, oh, that's my bed, I'm just gonna lay on it. <laughs> she goes, Daniel, just take off your clothes. But it's my home. I can do whatever that I want to do in my home, right? I could take off my socks and just throw it, right? Because it's my home. I don't have to worry, right? You just have to enjoy your home. It's the same thing with your, <laughs> same thing with church too. It's the same thing with the presence of God. Well, man, I came to church. I have to look this way. Man, I came to church. I have to act this way. I have to speak in certain way. No, you don't have to do that. You're home. When you come to home, you're coming to the Father's house. All you gotta do is just enjoy your home. You don't have to be distracted. All you have to do is just be soaked and immersed in the presence of God. You don't have, a, you don't have to worry about the work for tomorrow. All you have to do is just, man, I'm home. If I'm going to take off my socks, I'm going to take off my socks. I'm not telling you to do that right now. But if I'm home, I'm just going to enjoy my home. Brothers and sisters, just cherish every moment when you're with God. Cherish every moment when you're in the presence of God. And remember that God's love is always there for you. Friends, let's be home. Man, I love our title today. I'll be honest, Pastor Scott recommended me this title. Daniel, why not this? You're going to talk about this all the time. Home, but not home. Let's be at home. Let's be reminded of ourselves and his love. Let's be reminded of his love moment by moment in our lives. Let's remember that God's Love surround us every moment. <clears throat>